following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. So we're in uh, week four of this series called uh, The Simple Life. And uh, last week we talked about slowing down. And uh, it, it evidently really struck a chord with a lot of people. But um, So let me ask you a question. Are we really... Uh, you know, stretched to the limit, overloaded, or is it just a figment of our imagination? I mean, I mean, are we, uh, you know, really, you know, stressed to the max, or are we just wimps? <laughs> um, you know, well, uh, consider these statistics. Um, we we now sleep two and a half fewer hours than we did each night a generation ago. Okay, so we're sleeping less. Uh, the average work week is getting longer not shorter. The average office worker uh, is said to have 36 hours of work piled up on his or her desk. Uh, It takes us three hours a week just to sort through it and to find what we need. Uh, We spend, listen to this, eight months of our lives just opening and throwing away junk mail. Uh, Two years of our lives playing phone tag with people who are busy or not answering. And five years of our lives waiting in line. Five years. And then finally, uh, I like this one, 41 days a year simply responding to email. That's, that's over a, a month of your life every single year. So I think the answer is yes. Uh, we really are uh, stressed out and stretched uh, to the limit. We are chronically rushed, late, and exhausted. Uh, you might feel like Job did in Job 3.26. I have no peace no quietness, I have no rest, instead only trouble comes. Anybody relate to that? Kind of feel that way? No rest, no, uh, no peace, no quietness. Um, we have too much activity in our lives, too many choices today, too much work, too much debt, too much media. We are stressed by information overload, we're stressed by accessibility overload, we're connected all the time, and yes, uh, we are stressed by the pace of life in which we live. And we talked about that again last week. So what is the solution? You know, we talked about slowing down last week, but where, where do we go next? The solution, uh, I believe part of the solution is to put some margin in your life. To put some margin in your life. That's what I want to talk about today. What is margin? Margin is, is breathing room. It, it, it's having you know, a little extra time and a little extra space that you're not using up. I, I like this definition that somebody gave of margin. Uh, margin is the space between my load and my limit. The space between my load and my limit. Now, hopefully your load uh, is not heavier than your limit. But the truth is, most of us are far more overloaded than we can handle. And uh, there's no margin, no margin for error in our our lives. Uh, Dr. Richard Swinson put it like this, the conditions of modern day living devour margin. If you're homeless, we direct you to a shelter. If you're penniless, we offer you food stamps. If you're breathless, we connect you to oxygen. But if you're marginless, we give you one more thing to do. Marginless is being 30 minutes late to the doctor's office because you were 20 minutes late getting out of the hairdresser because you were 10 minutes late dropping the children off at school because the car ran out of gas two blocks from a gas station and you forgot your wallet. That's marginless. Margin, on the other hand, is having breath at the the top of the staircase, money at the end of the month, and sanity 
at the end of adolescence. Uh, Marginless is a baby crying and the phone ringing at the same time. Margin is having grandma take the baby for the afternoon. Marginless is being asked to carry a load five pounds heavier than you can lift. Margin is having a friend carry half the burden. Margin is calm. Marginless is our culture. Margin is counterculture, having time and space in your life and schedule. Marginless is reality. Margin is the remedy. Marginless is the disease of our decade, and margin is the cure. I like that. Well, here's what I want us to do today. Really quickly, I'm going to give you some benefits of living with margin, having, you know, developing that, that space and time in your life. And then I want to give you some practical steps for how to do that, how to build that into your lives. Uh, now, there are, there are a lot of different benefits that um, I could talk about today that come into your life when you begin to build some space between your load and your limit. So let me give you four. Uh, if you're taking notes, number one, uh, more peace of mind. Very simple, just peace of mind. You know, you're not hurrying, scurrying, worrying all the time. Uh, you've got some time and space in your schedule just to stop, to think, uh, to smell the roses, right? Uh, number two, better health. Better health. I mean, come on, we, we know that uh, unrelenting stress eventually harms our physical bodies. We know that, and yet we let it continue day after day, month after month. In fact, many times, the only time in our lives where we find ourselves you know, really getting serious about margin and slowing down um, is when the heart attack comes, or almost happens, or your blood pressure skyrockets. Why do we wait? I mean, why do we wait until our health plummets until we make this kind of decision? Number three, stronger relationships. You know, there's a lot of different reasons for the collapse of the family in America today, and we've, we've talked about many of them over the years, but I'd say that one of those reasons is you just don't have any margin in your life. I mean, even if you say you value family, you don't have time, you know, to make it work. And because you don't have time uh, for one another, we can't build the relationships that we'd like to have. I mean, the truth is, right, relationships take time. They take time and space and, you know, to, to sit and to talk. It, it takes time to, to listen, you know, to comfort somebody who needs to be comforted, to uh, take a meal to someone, to spend an afternoon with your, your kids just to enjoy people. It takes time. And finally, probably the, the greatest benefit, number four, it makes you available to God. It makes you available to God. I mean, come on, when, when you're overloaded, I mean, you're just stressed to the max, you, you kind of go into survival mode. You know, where, where you really, you know, the, the reality is you're only kind of thinking about yourself because you're just trying to survive. And then, you know, when God comes and he kind of taps you on the shoulder, you know, maybe in, in a service like this or in a, in a quiet time or, you know, or some, you know, and he, he says, hey, you know what? I got something for you. I got an idea for you. And, and if you would do this, if you'll pursue this, man, this will really make an impact. It'll make a difference in your life. Honestly, our first response many times is not joy when that happens. I mean, sometimes it's, oh my goodness, really, God? Really? 
you know, I just can't take it. Not another thing to do. I mean, God, I'd like to do that. Maybe, sure, I'd like to pursue that, but I'm just too busy. I'm sorry. And then we end up kind of resenting God, you know, and resenting the activities and the opportunities that he brings into our lives. But we have no margin. You know, we're not available to God. So what is the process for, you know, building some time and space between our load and our limit? You know, if we're going to slow down, then let's, let's take this next step. So let's look at these steps. Step number one, uh, first of all, is just to accept my limitations. Accept my limitations. You, you've got to recognize, admit, accept that you have limitations. Psalm 119.96 says, even perfection has its limits, but your commands, O oh God, have no limits. Now, we got to remember something. You're only human. You are only human. You're not God. You're not omniscient or omnipotent. You're not invincible. You're a human being. And more than that, sometimes I think we need to remember that a lot of those limitations we have in our lives, actually God put them there intentionally. He is the author of all things. He's the author of our limitations. He put them, many of them there for your good. He did it because he loves you. So rather than always fighting your limitations, sometimes you need to accept them. Now, unfortunately, as human beings, we're not really good at recognizing our limits. In fact, we constantly overestimate our ability and underestimate the problem and how much time, effort, energy, money, whatever, that it'll take. We do this all the time. I mean, somebody comes to you and says, hey, can you do this for me today? And we're like, sure, of course, you know. I'll just add it to my already busy schedule. And then we add it in to the eight or nine or 10 or 20 other things we got to do, and we overestimate our ability to get things done, and we underestimate how much time it's gonna take. Instead of it taking you know, five minutes, it takes 35 minutes. Instead of that meeting taking a half an hour, it takes an hour. And we're not very good at recognizing our limitations. And then on top of that, we live in a culture today that's constantly telling us, man, you can do it all. You can have it all. You can be it all. Uh, listen to me. That is a lie, okay? It is a lie. I mean, I'm all for, man, you know, going for it and, and living the, you know, I mean, just, you know, living it at, at, at the best that God has for you, but you can't do it all. You know, listen, you can go to all the self-help seminars you want to. You can read all the books you want to read, but... You cannot be whatever you want to be. You can only be what God made you to be. And, and there are limits. You know, you do have physical limits. Uh, you have emotional limits. By the way, for most of us, our emotional limits are way harder uh, for us to judge and recognize in our lives than our physical limits. I mean, for the most part, we, we know a lot of our physical limits. I mean, you know how far you can run before you pass out, right? You know how fast you can run a mile. Now, I am not saying, by the way, that we all can't stand to push our physical limits from time to time. You know, we should. But eventually, even for top athletes, you know, there are physical limits. But most people don't have a clue what their emotional limits are. They've never even, they never even thought about that, what they can handle emotionally. For example, if I were to say to you, raise your hand today, if you can physically carry a human being on your back. Okay, you know, probably a lot of us would raise our hand. Many of you can do that, right? 
You, you can carry a person, a human, on your back. But if I were to ask you to carry 10 people, 10 life-size real human beings on your back, you wouldn't even try. You wouldn't even think about it. Why? Because you know you can't do that. You know it's physically impossible for you to carry 10 people on your back. But what about emotionally? How many people can you carry emotionally? You probably never even thought about that. How many problems of other people can you handle? One, five, 15, 100? What's your limit? I mean, at what point do you say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Can I handle this? Where you look at your emotional load and you know where you have to draw the line. Many of you, again, have never done that. You know, you, you just think you can keep on handling, you know, more and more stress, more and more problems, more and more situations, and you don't ever need to slow down, you don't need any space, you don't need any time, you don't need any margin, you don't need downtime. Listen, you're wrong. You have limits. You also have time limits. I mean, again, no matter how many time management seminars you go to or books you read, you're never going to have more than 24 hours in a day. You have space limitations. You cannot be in more than one place at a time. That whole cloning thing has not really come to pass yet, okay? Um, you say, well, you know, but Pastor Chris, what about that verse that says, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Listen, don't take that verse out of context. You know, don't, don't take that verse to, to, to mean, well, I can just keep on taking on more and more stress, more and more problems, more and more debt, more and more difficulties, and I can handle it all, and I'll never collapse because, after all, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Listen, that, that is a misuse of that verse. You have limits. Job 14.5 says, man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set what? limits he cannot exceed. And you're thinking, well, it'd be really nice, God, if you'd kind of let me know, you know, give me a warning when I'm reaching my limit. You know, God, if you'd kind of put a little red flashing light in my brain or a beeper would go off, warning, warning, you know, you are at 95% capacity. You are almost at your limit. Man, that would be great. Well, guess what? God's done that. He's given you a warning light. It's called pain. It's called fatigue. It's called stress, irritability. I mean, that's when you know that you have exceeded some sort of limit in your life. And it's time for you to, you know, to stop. Take a break. You know, that you're on overload. Number two. So the starting point is to build you know, to realize you need, you need it because you have limits. And number two, expect to have problems. Expect to have problems. You know, this is why we need margin in our lives in the first place, because we have problems in our life. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you what? You will. You will have trouble. Circle the word will there. Will. He didn't say you might have trouble, you could have trouble. It's a possibility that things might not go right. He said you're going to have trouble. So why are we surprised? I mean, if you think 
that everything in your life is always going to go as planned, you might as well go ahead and check yourself into a psych ward right now. Okay, because nothing, nothing ever goes as planned. I mean, plans are good. The Bible says we ought to plan. You know, wise people plan, but nothing always goes perfectly as planned. And so if you think that, you're expecting that all the time, you're going to set yourself up for a big disappointment. Listen, you know, if you think, well, I've got to be at a certain place at a certain time, and, you know, if you look on a map and it's got this distance between, you know, where I need to be and when I need to, you know, be there, it should only take me this amount of time. What world do you live in? I mean, not in Charleston. I mean, come on. You've got to allow for margin. There might be traffic, an accident. You might catch a bridge. I mean, seriously, some of you guys, man, you've been coming to Coastal for a year, five years, ten years, and you still can't get here on time. Oh, my goodness. And you think to yourself, well, you know, it's only 15 minutes from my house to the church. I mean, as the crow flies, seriously, what's your problem? I mean, listen, for every kid you have, you probably ought to add five minutes to every time you leave the house, every time you got to be somewhere. The fact that you're always late means there is no margin in your life. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent person, some translations say a wise person, foresees the danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton, the fool, goes blindly on and and suffers the consequences. Listen, it's life. You know, expect the unexpected. Expect to have problems. Sure, hope for the best, you know, but plan for the worst. The Bible tells us that, that thinking ahead, you know, it's a part, of, a part of wisdom. And then number three, let's get real specific here. Put space in my schedule. Put space in my schedule. Circle the word put. Now, this is important. You can't hope for space to happen in your schedule. You can't even pray for space to be in your schedule. You can't expect somebody else to provide space for you in your schedule. You are going to have to choose to put some space in your schedule. You're going to have to decide to build some buffers into your life. The fact is, you know, the faster you go in life, the more margin that you need. Think about it this way. If you're driving 75 miles an hour down the highway, you want more than three inches between you and the car in front of you, right? I mean, unless you're driving on Sunday afternoon on, you know, NASCAR, right? I mean, and, and most of you in this room, the reality is, man, we are going through life pretty fast. And so you need to build some margin into your life. And the Bible says very clearly that if I don't allow that into my schedule, if I'm just working all the time, I'm, I'm being foolish. Ecclesiastes 10.15, only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Wow. Man, don't you just love that about the Bible, how it you know, just speaks the truth, and it just cuts through all the, all the rest, you know? It reminds me of a story of that dad um, who was always coming home with work, uh, and uh, came home one day, and his little uh, kindergarten daughter asked him why he was working so hard, why he always had to bring you know, work home. And uh, he looked at his daughter, and he said, well, you know, I just don't get it finished at work, so I got to bring it home so I can get it finished. And the little daughter looked up at him and said, Daddy... I think they should put you in the slow group. <laughs> okay. um, 
You know, why do we do that though? You know, why do we stress load everything? Listen, the, the, the truth is, if you really want to last in life, and you want to make an impact in life, you know, and leave a legacy for, your, you know, for, for those behind you, you know, you got to remember that life really is, it's a, it's a journey. It's a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. And, and I, I've got to remember that it's not how fast I live that's important. It's how well that I live. And if that's going to happen for me or for you, it, it will take a decision, a, a, a conscious decision of your will to put some space in your schedule. Let me, let me give you a little, a little life hack this morning, a little practical way to, to do this, to put some margin uh, in, in your schedule. Spend 10 minutes at the end of your day, the very end of your day, preparing and pl- planning out your tomorrow. Okay, at the end of your day, at the end, of, you know, the end of the evening, before you go to bed, just take ten minutes, carve out ten minutes, and prepare and plan for your tomorrow. So before you go to bed tonight, go ahead, you know, set aside your clothes, you know, for the next day, what you're going to need. You're going to the gym, you're going to work out. Pack your gym bag, you know, prep your breakfast. You know, make your lunch. Have your stuff, you know, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you have your quiet time, your devotion in the morning, go ahead and have it all ready. Have it all planned out. Have it there ready to go. Listen, I, I promise you, just that little 10-minute routine at the end of your evening will add an hour's worth of margin to your life, to your day, okay? Number four, if I want some margin in my life, I've got to prune my activities periodically. I've got to prune my activities periodically. Now, I know if you were here last week, uh, I know this was a big shock to some of you, you, you discovered that I'm not a yard guy. Okay, now, I, I, I work in the yard, you know, I take care of my yard, um, but I do not have a green thumb, and I don't, like, get energy from it. You know, it doesn't energize me. I don't enjoy, like, you know, messing in the dirt and all that kind of stuff. But I do at least understand mentally the principle of pruning, of pruning. By the way, do we have any rose garden people here? Roses, you plant roses. Anybody raise your hand? I mean, if you've got roses, you really do understand specifically the the principle of pruning, okay? Why? Why do gardeners prune bushes, trees, plants? The answer is for greater productivity, greater productivity and for the health of the plant. Okay, no pruning, no fruitfulness in the next season. Now, every year of your life, guess what? You sprout new activity. You do. You're doing some things today you didn't do a year ago. You know, you've added them on. So let me ask you, what have you pruned back? What have you cut out? Again, you, you can't just keep adding and adding and adding stuff to your schedule. You know, as, as kids grow up, we add new things to do. Well, you can't keep adding without cutting back, without pruning your activities. Now, here's the secret. And again, if you're a pruner, you know, if you have roses, you know this. When you prune, you don't just cut off the dead wood, the dead. You cut off some things that are still a little productive. You cut off some of the living branches as well. Things are still fruitful. Now, in your pruning you're going to have to cut out some activities that are, you know, they're still producing, they're still good. 
But you cut them off, you prune them back because now you're in a new season of life. 1 Corinthians 6.12, Paul said this, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. What's he mean by that? Well, you know, I think the principle here is, okay, God's given you a free will. You can go out if you want to and choose to overload your schedule. And God's not gonna stop you immediately from doing that. But it doesn't mean that that's the best thing for you. And again, I said this last week, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. You know, last week, I talked about learning to say no, okay? That that's a, you know, a $10,000 you know, uh, learning principle. You know, it, it's, a, it's a holy word for some of you. Now, the problem, though, the real problem is learning to say no to good things. You know, things that you like, things that you enjoy doing. I mean, come on, it's easy to say stuff to the things we hate doing. But the truth is, you can't do all the good things in life. Have you figured that out yet? You can't do everything. So you have to focus, you have to determine the right thing for you to do. The best things for you to do. The best things for your family. What does God want me to do with the time that he's given me? With the energy, the money, the resources. What does God want me to do? Write this down. The key to being effective is learning to be selective. The key to being effective is learning to be selective. Again, focus. You're going to be more effective if you'll figure out what not to do as well as what you're going to do. What I'm, what I'm actually saying is that you accomplish more in life many times by doing less. You will accomplish more by doing less, by being totally all out committed to two or three things that really matter than being half committed to a dozen different things that really aren't that all important. They're not bad, they're just not the best. Listen, you know, we've had to learn this uh, principle over the years as a church. We can't do everything. You know, just because something is a good idea, just because, you know, some other church does it, or your former church did it, doesn't mean that God's called us to do it. We can't do everything. You know, that's why here at Coastal, we, we focus. We focus on Sunday morning, and we focus on our small groups. We focus on our students, on, on children, on students, and we focus on serving. That's it. You know, our mission is to share and experience the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world, not to be your personal activities director. It's not. And, and, and if what you've suggested or what, you know, just because it's a good idea don't mean that we should be doing it. We gotta focus. Listen, if you don't periodically prune the activities in your life, and I mean, you know, every season, just sit down and look and think, okay, what's good for us? What do I need to stop doing? If you don't do that, eventually, God will do the pruning for you. And it'll happen through an illness or a crisis or something because you just can't keep living beyond your limits month after month after month. Proverbs 20.30 says, sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. And that's true. Let me, let me give you a very practical place to start pruning. 
your media intake. Your media intake. Consider, prayerfully consider, a social media or television screen fast. It, you know, if not a total fast, like we just did, you know, for Easter for 40 days, if not a total or complete fast for an extended period of time, maybe you should consider to limit your intake, um, you know, per day. You know, we, we, we try to do that for our kids, right? I think that's not a bad idea for you either. You know, we, we waste an enormous amount of time on our computers, on our screens, you know, on television. And again, listen to me. You know, I got an iPhone. You know, I got some shows I like to binge watch from time to time. I mean, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with going on the computer. There's nothing wrong with, you know, cell phones. But, you know, we complain that we don't have time to read. <laughs> you know, that we, we complain we don't have time to, to exercise, uh, to have a quiet time. To have a date night, to spend an afternoon with our kids, and yet we waste hours and hours of our day in front of our screens. I think that's a good place to start pruning. Number five, fifth step in putting margin in your life. Do less and trust God more. Trust God more. Listen, God can do more in 20 minutes than you and I can do in 20 years. I know some of you have had some goals and dreams in your life that you've been uh, striving for, seeking after, working hard for, hustling, hurrying for, year after year after year. And I, man, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I'm a goal setter. I love to dream big dreams. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But here's, here's where I'm going with this. Maybe you need to trust God a little bit more. You know, I, I believe we say that at Coastal all the time, we ought to, you know, work like it all depends on us, but pray like it all depends on God. And then walk by faith and just trust him. And what I'm saying is I think sometimes we lean a little heavy on work like it all depends on us and we really don't trust God very much. Man, listen, watch what he can do. He can do, he can do it a whole lot faster and a whole lot better than you can. You know, one of the benefits eventually of being stretched to the limit and, and, and being on overload is that it does bring you to your knees and it forces you to trust God. The Apostle Paul, many times in his ministry, man, he was stretched to the limit. You know, he was involved in uh, starting the early church and, and some churches were having some, uh, some issues and, and uh, he was out in the uh, the known world at that time, uh, starting churches all around the world and people are coming to faith and uh, it was a difficult, difficult time and he was stretched to the limit. Listen, listen to what he said one time in one of these missionary trips in 2 Corinthians. Uh, this is from the message. It says this. He says, we don't want you to be in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when it all came down on us in, in Asia, in the Asia province. And again, sometimes, you know, man, life is hard. It's difficult. You're going through some stuff. And that's what he says. In fact, he says, it was so bad, we didn't think we were gonna make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. And then he says this, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. You see, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, 
we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he is the God who raises the dead. Listen, God can do what you can't do. You know, Jesus never said, man, if you just get busy, you can move mountains. He didn't say, whoo, if you just work really hard, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, push yourself to your limits, man, you can move mountains. He never said that. He said, if you have faith, if you have faith, you can move that mountain. See, ultimately, faith and not busyness is what gets the job done. What's your mountain today? You know, what's the problem in your life that needs some movement? Maybe you need to stop trying to do it all by yourself and start trusting God and do it his way. You know, this, this sounds really, really cliche, but I don't mean it to be. Maybe you need to come to Jesus. You know, ultimately, he is our Sabbath. He is our rest. In fact, he said it this way in Matthew chapter 11. Listen to this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What about you? You know, have you been trying to do it all on your own, in your way, in your timing? Come to Jesus. Do it his way. You know, I, don't know what you, I don't know what brought you here today. I don't know the burdens that you're carrying. I don't know how stretched to the limit you might find yourself. But I do know this. Jesus loves you. And he wants you to come to him. And he wants to carry your burden, whatever it is. You just gotta give it to him. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.